0: right position. Here we go, zipping across time and space, taking the Zoom webinar room across the intertubes where we hope to connect with the Creative On Purpose Facebook page safely and soundly. Looks like we're halfway there. Pro- progress bar says that perhaps we are there. Let's see if we can find us. I once was lost, but maybe we can be found. Looks like we are indeed live. I'm just going to confirm that you and I look and sound as good there as we do here. Once we've done that, we can get this show on the road. It looks like we are indeed live. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Creative on Purpose Live. Learn more about Creative on Purpose. You can visit BeCreativeOnPurpose.com, join the mailing list and receive weekly insights and inspiration for flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Please remember that Creative on Purpose is also an iTunes podcast. Check it out and leave a five-star review. 30 seconds of your generosity is immensely helpful in spreading the goodness delivered by my guest. Let's get to today's show. Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work and grab a free copy of the Creative on Purpose handbook at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, let's meet today's guest. Jane Bettle, Welcome to today's broadcast. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more.
1: Great, and thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. As you said, my name is Jane Bettle, and I work as a mediator in ongoing valued relationships, different from relationship ending work. I am also a certified conflict coach, And a facilitator in meeting situations where people hopefully are not yet involved in the negative type of conflict there's the good type and i probably will have a few things to say about that as we go what i'm doing these days which is so much fun and so satisfying is hosting a podcast called crafting solutions to conflict the best place to reach me is through my company website And my company is Dovetail Resolutions. The website is dovetailresolutions.com. And if you prefer, just email me. My initials, jb at dovetailresolutions.com. And of course, come listen and see if there's something useful that you can learn on the podcast.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm super excited to talk to you because just very recently we had Sheila, um, Keen on the broadcast. She's the author of Difficult Conversations. And so you and I connected just, I think, days after I I had that broadcast with her. And I just thought, oh, well, we have a a theme developing here. Um, So maybe let's start there. You you talked about conflict can have a a positive um, spin, but is there... First first question is, is there a difference between conflict and a difficult conversation? And what are the the ways in which conflict can be either spun as a negative or a positive?
1: Scott, are we going to do this for the rest of the week or the rest of the month? Uh,
0: (laughs) At least the next 25 minutes.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. There is a lot to think about. There's a lot to talk about. Sheila's book is terrific. And I highly recommend that folks take a look at that and learn from that. There are different perspectives. And when I started the podcast, I wanted to have something that would allow people to see a practical and positive perspective on conflict. It is inevitable. It is a part of our lives until we're all robots. It will always be a part of our lives. I uh, disagree heartily with folks who say avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a whole different problem. Uh, Better to deal with conflict effectively in a way where you can have conversations, some difficult, but doable. Better still, try to get to a situation where you're not having a potentially negative conflict because you anticipated things, you had conversations early on before things went totally off the rails. But specifically on this question of good and bad, I actually talk about good, bad, and ugly conflict. The ugly is the stuff that we all seem to enjoy reading about and hearing about. And the celebrities often provide opportunities for us. There's actually uh, almost always a celebrity who has an estate settlement issue, and we get to hear all the dirty laundry. At the moment, as we're talking, Aretha Franklin's back in the news for all the wrong reasons. Mm That's the ugly conflict. It seems to be fun to watch. It's like a horror show and we somehow, I am not immune from this. We find some interest in that. Bad conflict is the type that is destructive of relationships and takes us away from creativity, takes us away from finding solutions that will work. The good conflict, as I view it, is the type where people have different ideas they have different perspectives, they have different life experiences. And when they come together, they can interact in a way that allows everyone to learn from each other and to create a better solution than if I sat all by myself and thought about it, or if I lined up people who think just like me.
0: Really interesting. You you said several things there that I was um, jotting down because I think there are important threads to pull on just about this, this topic in, in particular, having been involved in a few conflicts in my time and a few difficult conversations, at, at least two or three a day. Um, <laughs> what, one of the things, so what I love is the way that you're, you're you're providing a frame that we can look at this in a way that that frames it as actually something to um, embrace and step into with kind of a growth mindset and with possibility in mind as opposed to an agenda that we're just trying to ram through um one of the things that um i heard from a colleague in the akimbo universe recently is that when we are experiencing friction we should remember that this is also that friction is part and parcel comes along with growth, that if you are going to be developing and growing and improving yourself, there is inevitably friction. And, you know, that could be a form of, you know, that could be as a result of conflict. Um, so one of the things that leapt to mind was you talked about, the, you know, looking at things create, creatively. So speak a little bit more of just about the framing like some some tips on how we can frame a conflict so that we can see it as an opportunity and then what are some of the ways that we can engage without uh bringing along too much of the emotional baggage that can get in the way of of a positive outcome
1: sure and actually I'm going to start start at the end and go backward and that's to say the idea of emotions I think we will hear people sometimes say, don't get emotional. And that strikes me as unhelpful and unrealistic. Of course, we have emotions if we care about something. If I don't care about the outcome, well, then whatever. I don't have any emotion connected to that. Most of the time I do have Mm -hmm. an interest in the outcome. That's why this is hard. I would say better than avoid them, ignore them, take a moment especially by yourself and think about them a little bit of self knowledge a little bit of self awareness of this makes me so angry or sad or hurt or pick pick your favorite negative emotion and say to yourself this is this is hard for me and i will still be able to do my best because i have acknowledged i have this to deal with so i'm going to put that aside to the extent that I can. And then to build on that, to go back to your first question, one of the things that I find particularly helpful to think about is Mm self-control. I can't control anyone else, heaven knows, as much as we all might like to try. What I can do is control myself. And sometimes that is a question of taking a pause. And I will now say something about my podcast which is the way i've set it up a little different from some other folks two weeks in a row i have quite brief five minutes or so host on mic it's me talking about a specific topic one recent one was called hitting the pause button and it is about doing that for yourself i don't have to take this on right now maybe friday afternoon at 4.45 is the wrong time to start a conversation with my boss about an issue that's important to both of us. Or in another instance, it is Tuesdays at 8.30 is the wrong time because I know my boss comes running in the door completely frazzled. So I can stop myself from, I really have to do this right now. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'll wait. The next piece would be, when I find myself about to say something that really won't help. I can think it, I can congratulate myself for my wonderfully snarky comment that I could share without actually saying it out loud. I can stop and think to myself how, and again, better in advance than the heat of the moment, but with practice we'll get better. How do I say what I need to say especially to someone I know, and I have, again, this ongoing relationship, work, family, neighbor, friend, some intersection of all of those roles, making it even more difficult to keep everything straight. How can I say this so the other person will hear the content and not say, oh God, there she goes, Jane's doing it again, and just turn me off before we even begin. So What I like to do with the podcast is two weeks in a row, fairly specific tips and ideas. The third week, I have interviews with interesting people, with helpful insights. Scott, I'm looking forward to having you join that list before too long. Very good. So those are some thoughts I would share.
0: So um, quick question. This is just a yes or no, because I don't want to get in the weeds of this. But when you talk about self-control and some of the other things that you just shared, um, I see tons of overlap, intersection, and alignment with my uh, long-standing love for Stoic philosophy. Are you familiar?
1: Not in the least.
0: Interesting. <laughs> so, so again, just wanted to ask that out of my own curiosity. And we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but there's another thing that leapt to mind. Because, and so I'm seeing so many intersections with the work that we're doing at Creative on Purpose in terms of helping people step into possibility and fly higher and in, in endeavors that make a difference because that's there's inevitable challenges including challenging conversations um and that that kind of enterprise. And so we talk a lot about some of the various things that you are talking about in terms of self-control dealing with negative emotions that are inevitably going to you know the, the idea that we can catch and suppress a negative emotion is ridiculous. We need to like catch for sure. We need to pause and catch the emotion and, and acknowledge it and then find a way to, um, you know, deal with it appropriately and, and let let go before we get into, um, you know, a more positive exchange. But there's a great quote that's attributed to Viktor Frankl that's not There's no citation that I've ever found that actually that he actually said this, but I'm curious if you're familiar. Between stimulus and response, there is uh, between stimulus and between stimulus and response, there is a pause, and in that pause lies your freedom, and in and in in that pause lies your. growth, I I guess it's in that positive, growth and freedom. Are you familiar? I'm butchering the quote.
1: I can do the paraphrase with you. Yes. And I think that that is just a gem, just a gem. And it gives, the, the other thing that comes to my mind is it's also your power. Right. This is me making decisions and they, sometimes they feel fast, but I can decide how I will react to what's thrown at me And sometimes it does feel like it's thrown at me and it feels like it's a pretty darn hard pitch and I don't like it. Um, They're not all gonna be softballs. Those are fun, but sometimes, but I can make a decision about how I will react. Better than react, how I will respond, how I will reply, how I will engage. It doesn't have to be instantaneous, although that would be our default frequently.
0: Yeah, and interesting that, Sometimes we don't have to respond at all. I mean, that's the the really, the the the, the, the thing that I discovered, especially through my work in coaching and Seth Godin's akimbo pro- programs is when things are getting really heated, sometimes that's the best point to what just actually hit the pause button and go to bed and let some time pass before you come back. Um, because often you find that the situation has sorted itself out, or the community has has dealt with it, you know, appropriately, and that there's no need um, to feel an urgency to leap in yes. and try to save the day. And that's, you know, in these conversations that you're talking about, um, I'm, there's, you know, we we all have we, we we can all at various times be different actors in those conversations. Sometimes we're the victim, sometimes we're the fixer. Um, so it that ability to pause can actually help us zoom out and kind of check our own posture. And I love what you said too, about just, um, checking kind of what I was hearing was like checking your motivation. Like, yes, you could get, you could improve your status with a snarky comment perhaps, but what's that really for? Is that to help resolve the situation or lead, lead to a positive outcome? Or is that just to, get the upper hand for, you know, that moment. I, I, I thought that was really a powerful observation. Um, so we've talked a little bit about what the, what these, um, you know, what th- these conflicts are like and how they can be positive. Uh, they can result in in something positive. If we go in with a pro- proper mindset and with a proper approach, I love what you're saying about um, the, so your podcast sounds fairly innovative and it sounds like creativity in general is a really important um impulse or a piece of of what you're doing both in your conflict resolution work but also in your podcast what's what are the the you know what's the role of creativity in general in your work and what do you do to amplify and to tap into your creative impulse
1: Creativity is huge. It's, it's the, the nugget at the bottom of or center of everything, I think. Hard sometimes for folks that I'm working with to think about that. They're, they're feeling frustrated. They're feeling sometimes quite guilty. Uh, there is a sense. My dovetail resolutions work, which is narrower than the podcast, when I was going through Seth's uh, podcasting fellowship towards the end of 2018, it was so helpful to think about, oh, is it just about the business? And the business is really oriented more towards extended families, workplace situations, and then that overlap of family businesses. I thought that's, I love that work. It's so important to me, but I want the podcast to be broader. And it is, it is all sorts of sort of that do-it-yourself piece that I find so satisfying and also being able to talk to interesting people that I can introduce to my listeners and then they introduce a, a clip of themselves talking because not everyone is doing what you're doing, Scott. They're not being as creative about their own work and letting other people know about it as they could be. So what I think is really important is for folks to understand that, as we've said, conflict is a part of life. You don't have to feel bad that it's happening There are situations where uh, how could it not be hard? And I've said those words to especially folks in family businesses who contact me and feel they're the only folks who are struggling. And I will say, oh no, no, it's many, many are struggling. Very few are talking about it though. Mm -hmm. So everyone thinks I must be alone or I am part of a bad family that we are struggling. And I will say, oh, from my perspective, blue ribbons for everybody that you were trying to do something about it. And then we take a moment to get past the frustration. And sometimes there is some, and sometimes it's important to kind of get that out for a little bit, for a little bit. And there is in fact, even fairly recent research about, what someone referred refer to as venting or ranting and others would say, no, oh, it's, it's, it's things that people have to say to move on. And then the venting and ranting has a sort of negative, obviously, slant to it. Getting that out and then taking a new look. Sometimes it really is a clean slate sort of thing. Sometimes, and this can be very valuable in the conflict coaching model that I learned and was certified in, which is called Synergy, C-I-N-E-R-G-Y, When you are practicing a challenging conversation, you get to be both people. The client is themselves and the other person. And you actually can find yourself saying, oh, wait a minute, I don't necessarily agree with the other person. Of course I don't, we wouldn't be here if I did. And I'm not sure I would feel the same way in that person's shoes However, I can now understand better how that other person feels that way. Somewhat similar, actually, to the type of mediation that I prefer using. There are different types. Evaluative is all about value. What's this case worth? That's litigation. Facilitative, how can we solve this problem? example I use is construction vehicles going into a site that's near a residential neighborhood. Beep, beep, beep all morning long, they might reach a resolution in which they agree, we'll go the long way around until nine o'clock in the morning. So the beep beeps start at 9 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. Not perfect, but better for everybody on one side. And then we don't have so much hatred (laughs) directed at the truck drivers. Transformative mediation, the least well-known, is truly about transforming the relationship. And a big piece of that is the idea of empowerment and recognition where i don't necessarily see things your way i recognize what you're saying to me and then the person who feels that recognition feels empowered to do more listening to the other person thinking about their perspective so a wonderful cycle the virtuous one of oh okay we can have different points of view and yet respect each other and find a way forward.
0: I love it. So what I'm hearing there and what you're talking about with the empathy piece, I've been writing about this quite a bit recently and thinking about it um, quite a bit because we do we, we're told you know to, to listen twice as much as we speak and you know the, we hear how important it is to actually like listen to other people and not just hear them. But even when you're listening, a lot of the time that you're listening, you're actually just kind of judging what, what's being said is either right or wrong and formulating your own response. And so I've been approaching it as consideration, like you actually have to consider the perspective that's being shared with you and, and recognize that that person is right to think the way that they think and say what they say because they have a unique set of experiences and a unique set of observations that have formulated um their belief system and so that consideration piece is really important you also talk, touched on acceptance which i think is really undervalued that you know sometimes we're going to say this is the way things are and i can rail against it and cry about it be angry and frustrated about it or i can just say this is the way things are now and then and then again speaking to what you're saying earlier now i can reframe the situation and see if i can find a better choice for moving forward Last question before we get to the last question. Okay. Um, As you're talking about the way that you're approaching all this, I'm thinking about our conversation right before we went live, which was about social media. And social media is a place where most of us are crafting our image and our, our beliefs and um, you know, painting this very rosy, perfect picture. You know, we are pr- pr- projecting our, our our ideal selves most of the time, at least in, in our own profiles. We may be revealing our true nature when we're commenting and <laughs> replying to other people's uh, posts it on their profiles. <laughs> um, but what do you think? Of, I mean, do you think that um, that social media has made us has has brought more conflict and therefore the need for more resolution into the, into the world? Or do you think it's just another mirror of what's been going on since the beginning of time?
1: Hmm. Probably a little of both. What I think is particularly dangerous and negative about social media, well, at least two things. One is the speed. It is so easy to respond so quickly. And as you say, different, what I curate, if you will, about myself and how I project myself and my perfect sunsets and whatever else I might want to show the world, that actually can take some time. The response part, the reactive part, the uh, lizard-like part that can get out so quickly, such a negative snarky comment and look at me not only am i snarky i was the first one to be snarky that was different when people actually sat down with typewriters and typed things out and put them in the mail but a concept they could be just as nasty but it took longer and it gave us all more opportunities to hit the pause button Boy, it's so easy and so quick. I think that's part of it that's that's difficult. I think another piece that's difficult about it is there is so much of it. And there is a, a sense of, uh, there is the artificial aspect of it. Don't even know whether that lovely sunset I saw has anything to do with what that person actually photographed. Um, maybe a small relationship, but love those filters. Who knows what, what really was happening? I think that there's so much of it It's so easy to be quick. And sadly, it seems in many circumstances, there is credit given for how snarky and negative you can be, and not a whole lot for, wow, something positive. Someone said something kind. We're still capable of it. I I am enough of an optimist, not a complete Pollyanna, but enough of an optimist to believe we really can be creative and kind and still protect ourselves. It's, it doesn't require us to give up our own self-interest. We can still do good things.
0: Really, really love it. Excellent. Well, so the last question is the one that I ask of every guest and that is what's one tip or piece of advice that you'd like to leave listeners with that would help them fly higher in an endeavor that where they seek to make a difference?
1: I would say to be positive and More specifically, when it comes to conflict, practice. One of the great things I find about the fact that we drive around and other people think our phone is on is we can talk to ourselves as we drive and people don't think we're crazy. Practice saying that hard thing. Practice what you will say in return when you know Here it comes. It's going to be really hard. And then either if it's your initiating comment or your response, practice it enough that it sounds like you. Don't be fake. That never works. But that it rolls off your tongue. And with practice, you will get better at dealing with conflict.
0: Amazing. So uh, just one last note, uh, another Stoic connection that you don't intend, but the the Stoics have a practice of premeditato malorum, meaning the premeditation of, of, uh, of negative events. And the idea is that we can practice and rehearse responses ahead of time. So, um, so Jane, Betel, you're a stoic and you don't even know it. Um, welcome, welcome. It's a big tent, we welcome you. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's a big day for me, that's great. Yeah, yeah there you go.
0: So um, fantastic, I, I love the work that you're doing. You shared a, a ton of wisdom here and I, I really appreciate your your closing thought. I think that's a, a, an excellent exercise for us all to take away and apply it just not just to our work, but to our daily lives. So now I want to thank everybody out there that's um, in the live broadcast or tuning in and replay or on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Jane and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we definitely hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Jane Bettle at dovetailresolutions.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at becreativeonpurpose.com as well. Now go out and make a difference and keep higher. Jane Bettle, thanks
1: so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you, Scott. Lots of fun.